Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes with DailyStraits.com. This is your host, June Rumley. Our guest today is the co-founder of Wealth, Brody Hub. Wealth is a Brisbane-based digital lending and payments provider on a mission to refresh the financial services industry in Australia. Brody is an established leader of 12 years of experience, having successfully founded and developed numerous businesses in the finance, fintech and prop tech industries. He is also an alumnus of uh, Oxford University, Side Business School and Harvard Business School and has been recognized as a thought leader in the e-payment and lending space. To date, Wealth has, uh, they are still on target to break the 1 billion benchmark of settled loans this financial year, coupled with a corporate merger and a successful Series A capital raise. So our chat with uh, Brody today is going to be around uh, a bit about everything from how an Australian startup such as his got a bank license and more importantly, why someone should take a mortgage loan with Wealth. So, um, hello, Brody. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. How are you? Hey, June. Lovely to meet you. I'm very well today. Thank you. I will What's have that? to just um, correct you on one point there. We don't currently have a banking license, oh. um, but we do have a credit license and a, an Australian financial services license and are registered with Austrac. So, we do have licensing sorted, but we don't don't operate under an ADI. Awesome. Awesome. Sorry about that. Okay. Right. So, uh, let's dive right into the question. So, so we. Uh, I just need a, it's a, a brief introduction on how wealth got its start like you know like give us the lowdown like yeah well, um really what what wealth has been born out of is almost a natural correct progression in uh my career and also my co-founder's career drew so previously our background has been uh, for the last or better part of sort of 12 years in entrepreneurship. So we've started out with a property advisory firm, a finance brokerage. Uh, we played in the tech, tech scene uh, by building our own personal finance manager app called Money Management and then our own prop tech tool called PropTech. And it was almost, a, yeah, strangely an organic uh, journey or process to get to where we wanted to launch wealth. So we had this idea of um, understanding all the pain points that existed in the finance space, particularly in lending because we were so close to that space being you know owning a finance brokerage to say how can we solve this so we can get quicker turnarounds better service for brokers better experience for customers uh, and create what's effectively a full end-to-end -end ecosystem of financial products so we can you know, effectively operate and and look and feel and act like a bank but without the requirement for a banking license so we have four co-founders uh, of wealth we also have darren hodgkin and jo john kerr darren hodgkin is an english expat based in the uae who was very successful in his own business right and a serial entrepreneur and we met with him uh, i think it was around 2017 uh in the uae in dubai and also in abu dhabi and just started off with a friendship uh, became quite close with his family and our family and we travel back and forth and catch up and look he he has quite a diverse uh, portfolio of companies himself and the synergies were just there and we got talking about what we wanted to do with the iteration or the first ideation of wealth and he said look i'll, I'll jump on board and give you that sort of international uh, consultation on how to get things set up how to structure things and how to create a big international business so 
that's a long story short. Awesome. So let's dive in about you um, as an entrepreneur. So we spoke a bit just now and you said you worked in the corporate sector for some years and then you did the unthinkable. So diving into entrepreneurship is a very risky thing. Uh, so tell me what was, how did you approach this? So you decided you wanted to go and be an entrepreneur. So what kind of like preparations did you take? Because, you know, like we spoke just now, it takes some time for any businesses to break even. So how was your approach? We were quite lucky in the fact of, you know, we we operated in a, a financial advisory. We understood the business model end to end, worked in different divisions and thought a natural progression for myself and Drew was always to be in business ourselves and for ourselves um that came back from i suppose uh, an attitude or a methodology of taking sort of uh, robert kiyosaki's you know rich dad poor dad um mindset of thinking how can you scale yourself uh, how can you earn more than just being an employee for someone and that's by creating your own business so that's sort of how we jumped in into that world um yeah sure it's risky you've got to one make sure you've got enough savings to try and get you through uh, but the learnings that you take out when you know your back is against the wall and you have to um, make revenue you have to make something work or you know, you'll become bankrupt. It's pretty crazy. Um, the things that you can achieve as a person, you know, they, they say pressure creates diamonds. And I truly believe that. And the one thing that we've always taken away from business in the multiple businesses that we've taken is, you know, we've had failings and quite open about that. We've had um, more successes and failures, which is why we're still here today. Uh, but as long as you take key learnings around what didn't work, why it didn't work, and think of it subjectively and rationally, and try and remove the emotion from what's occurred, you will always be able to take those learnings into the next business. And that's why we feel with wealth today, this is almost um, the amalgamation of all of the key learnings we've had from business. And you know, my particular story um, in entrepreneurship actually started when I was 19. I, I started a, a, a magazine, a street press, uh, which was distributed all through General Pants and Universal Store uh, nationally. Uh, and it was effectively around, you know, fashion, art, culture, and music. And for us, that was a magazine. I remember the first time I went around with a, a folder with the plastic sleeves um, with some mock-ups of this magazine we were going to build, and I was selling the advertising for, for, for the magazine space. And I can't believe, you know, still to this day, I think we sold about $25,000 worth of advertising space out of a plastic sleeve folder, just going around and speaking to businesses and talking to them. But the one thing that you uh, can never lose touch with is if you are passionate about something and you show that passion and that belief within yourself and what you're representing, uh, people will buy you. They'll buy the opportunity that you're selling. Um, and they know that, you know, you can always back someone with passion over someone who has the skills, but not the drive. Uh, explain to me what wealth is about and maybe tell us how many customers you have. Uh, so wealth is a digital lending and payments fintech with a core, um, at the core of our DNA, a, a purpose-led initiative and also around loyalty. So for us, uh, we launched the business uh, with property secured lending products. We have in excess of a few thousand customers now uh, that are utilizing and using uh, our products. And what wealth really represents is trying to remove pain points in the industry to make things faster, better for one, finance brokers that are writing our loans, and two, the end consumer, and then trying to solve a full ecosystem of, of financial products into the future as uh, per our roadmap. Okay, so with the recent spike in data breaches, right? Um, 
So how safe is the any customer's info with Well? Yeah, so with us, you know, we focus on making sure that we have um, what we call above bank level security. So our payments platform is PCI uh, secure and compliant. Uh, and then we have you know, our CTO who is an ex-banker in our organization and stress testing and making sure that we conduct uh, multiple um, security tests throughout the course of the year. And that really comes down to corporate governance, but also um, having a strong education policy within uh, the organization itself. Awesome. As a digital lender, um, because you do give out a large uh, proportion of mortgage loans, right? So I just, I'm just curious when you started the four of you uh, a few years ago, you needed money, right, to start a bank. So I was just curious, right? How how was that process? Like, how do you, like, who, like how do you roll the money? Like, where do you get the money? And how did you get your first customers, like you know, to lend from you? Yeah, it's a great question. So for us, we had a, a long ideation phase to understand where in the industry we were going to play and keep sort of roughing off. Um, smoothing off the rough edges to the business model to get it to a point where we think, okay, this is a unique proposition in market and something that we feel that we can deliver. In regards to taking the step or taking the leap in terms of um, setting up a business like this, the four founders sat together and said, look, let's bootstrap this ourselves. We've all had our own successes in business in the past, so we're able to utilize our own capital to get ourselves off the ground. And that was a key component of what we wanted to do because we weren't um, weren't willing to give up, you know, a significant amount of equity in the business early days and wanted to really put our money where our mouth was. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're the founder, you should be able to, to, to drive that home. Awesome. So how much was the capital, the initial capital? So the initial capital we put in um, 1.44 million as founders. So three of the four founders, myself, Drew and Darren, put capital in uh, to help bootstrap the business. Then in March of 2021, we did a, a seed round under a safe note instrument. Uh, so a safe note is secured against future equity. And it's basically like a convertible note, which it was tied to our Series A raise, which we've just um, completed recently. Um, and it meant that we were able to offer those incoming investors in the safe note a 30% discount to the Series A uh, value, which was set at a pre-money valuation of $81 million. Awesome. So from the early days, right, where did you get your customers? Like, how did you get your customers? Were they like all, like what, your yes. friends? Yeah, so... I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly how businesses start, right? Like you will always um, create a, a friend and family uh, test use case. So refinance a couple of loans um, that we all have. And then we made the decision to go to the direct market. So it was all through social media. We've got a really strong brand and a really keen focus on brand awareness in the market. We want to become a household name in Australia to begin with and then globally. So we focused on delivering uh, customers through to our digital application process, so our front-end application process for consumers. They can apply for their own loan via what we call as the Wealth Lending Loop, which is available on our website today, uh, wealth.com. And what that does is it takes out the pain point of double handling data. So it pushes straight into our loan origination system. Then one of our internal lending specialists can pick up that, that loan or that application from a customer and then backfill any missing information to get to a um, 
reduce the time to yes. So a faster, a faster approval process is really what we were trying to build there. Okay, so 100% mortgage loans or any other loans do you give? So right now, just focused on property secured lending. So we plan the residential space, the commercial space, and also um, the SMSF lending space as well. Uh, we are looking to create further credit products, and one in particular will be an invoice finance product, which will um, sit within our, our payments platform, WealthPay, uh, which is a business payments platform that makes it easier for, for businesses to make payments out of their business, whereas a payment gateway is receiving payments. WealthPay will be paying um, payments out of your business, and you can earn points um, and pay for things via credit cards, so you can utilise the interest-free periods uh, on your credit cards to make business payments and the like. Okay, so tell me also your you actually created the software for wealth, and you did yep. tell tell me earlier just now that it was um, it's your bespoke software, right? So are you looking at this space as a business in the future where you actually develop software for future startups who want to do their own bank? Are you looking at that as a part of a business? Um, we we did look at that early days, but it's quite a saturated market, would you believe? So for us. Um, at the moment, we have no plans to turn it into a SaaS model. It's not software as a service that we want to portray. It's really our IP. So all the front-end application systems, our middleware, um, and our single customer portal, so the customer experience is all ours. We do utilize a, a, an off-the-shelf origination system, which we've worked really close with that business to help deliver it. And that was really um, in response to the way that we fund our loans. So we don't do balance sheet lending. It's off-balance sheet. We utilize what are called uh, mortgage warehouses uh, for us to source our funds from. So the major two uh, warehouse funder partners that we utilise um, are generally funded by the major banks in the Australian market. So the major banks will dump capital into these mortgage warehouses, then we ingest those funds from the mortgage warehouses. So we are the digital lender of record. We just are not the funder of record. So it's not whole of book lending. And that meant that we could... Um, basically grow the business at a much faster rate without having to try and raise capital to lend that money out ourselves, whereby we're utilising a funding warehouse solution, which gives us the ability to scale faster and much larger. Okay, so also you said you were in three uh, states, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Queensland, uh, New South Wales and Victoria. So what's the plan there? Are you going to go further into Australia or you're moving away, maybe US or UAE, like your your partner, one of your partners are there, what's the... Yeah, long-term vision would to be to be operating in all the Westminster countries um, around the globe. So, you know, the likes of the UK, Canada, um, the US, um, New Zealand, um, Singapore even, um, sort of those Westminster finance um, frameworks that, that are set up because it's much easier for us to adapt our systems to do that. That's, that's long-term, you know, Probably some of our team would get a bit bit scared off if we started telling them we're going overseas straight away. But really what we're trying to do is create a POC in Australia, a proof of concept of our full ecosystem. It's one of the most highly and tightly regulated finance sectors in the world. So it becomes a much easier proposition to take it to other territories once you've um, you know, stood up a really successful and strong business case in the Australian market. Okay, so what's the turnaround period? When I put in a loan, when I put in an expression of interest for a loan, what is it? To, so right now, I think with normal banks, it's two to three weeks or, or maybe more. What is your time frame? Yeah, for us at the moment, we've got a 48-hour uh, uh, approval period um, that we try and stick to, our service level agreement with our uh, incoming clients. 
we are at the moment testing our um, instant approval. So our decision engine loans across our whole portfolio. We do have one uh, loan in market, which is available to finance brokers, which is our rapid refinance, which is an instant approval. So that's the first iteration or the first product that we we're able to get to market, which provides an instant decision engine approval for a particular loan product. So that's the end state. We want to be able to have that, you know, by maybe the end of this year or early next year, all of our product suite under the decision engine lending. So if you if your loan, your application fits within our policy, then you'll be able to get a, a green light and approval on the spot, which is something that we're really proud of. So how do you check and see if that person can pay? Do you do all those kind of checks? Like what's yeah, the- so ID verification checks, credit checks, um, valuation checks. So you know, it becomes quite a nuanced space when you start looking at the different bands or matrices of, of how we can handle or ingest uh, a loan application but you know if it's under 80 percent loan to value ratio on the property then we can rely on an um, automated valuation um, methodology as well so we can push that out to valex which is our valuation partner get a result back as long as it's um, fits within our policy then we can give an approval if it's outside of policy it'll just push into manual review which will then go into that 48 hour sla period Okay, another three more questions. So, all right, right. Uh, the final three is like working with partners. So, four of you, uh, how do you overcome business arguments? Like, some business arguments can turn really ugly, right? So, did you like before getting to business? Did you guys map out? Like, do you have some kind of veto thing where you take votes? How do you? How do you work? Yeah, so it's. I mean, again, it's a it's a journey, right? So originally with four founders. Uh, you need to be able to treat each other with respect first and foremost. It's it's really easy with my myself and and my brother Drew, who's one of our co-founders, because blood's thicker than water, right? You can have an argument with your brother, and then the next day or five minutes later, you can forget about it and move on. Uh, with the other business partners, you just need to be respectful of each other's opinions. You won't always agree. That's the first component, and then it's around putting corporate governance in place to have an approval process or have a voting process as you formulate a an official board structure, which we now have. So um, that's all captured within the shareholders agreement. And as long as you can spend time on understanding how you make decisions in your organisation, then it becomes really black and white, and there's never really too many grey areas. Okay, so exit strategy. I'm just curious to know, uh, when you guys banded together, do you guys think that far or? Absolutely, particularly when you're raising capital, it's one of the first questions an investor asks, what's the exit strategy? When can I get my capital out of this investment? That's how they're considering it, right? So, you know, our end state or exit strategy would be to look to, to list and, and become a publicly listed company. But we are very, um, I suppose, cognizant to the fact that you don't want to rush those things. We have, you know, two really key benchmarks that we want to achieve before we'd ever consider that. And that's about having $2 billion of payments running through our payments platform and $2 billion of lending on our loan book before we'd even consider uh, that sort of option. And then you've got to take in market conditions, influence, whether it's right for you. The second alternative, and this is what we were speaking to earlier, is about just being um, adaptive as as business leaders you could say you know listing is our only option but in actual fact there's probably a hundred different ways um, that you could look at it so we may have you know a large institutional investor that may come to us in 12 or 18 months time and say look we want 30 50 80 percent of your business you strike up a deal you stay on board with them and they may want to have you stay private 
for that period of time or however it may work. Um, but yeah, there's there's multiple ways for us for us to um, exit the organization. Okay, so are you open for the big four banks to buy you up? Since you said you have no banking license. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a um, it's an option. It's not one that we're really um, favoured towards um, because we do see ourselves as direct competitors to the, the whole banking uh, model and institution. Um, you know, I wouldn't rule it out. That's generally what's happened and unfortunately has ruined a lot of competition in the space by the likes of 86400 being bought by NAB. Uh, TikTok Home Loans is effectively, you know, made majority owned from, from my perspective by Bendigo and Adelaide Bank. Um, you know, you want to make sure that we have more fintechs coming into the space to, you know, really hold the major banks' feet to their fire um, because... Right now, what we're seeing is we are seeing a trend in this raising interest rate environment where the banks are saying we're too big to fail and they will start price gouging and adding further um, margin on top of the RBA cash rates, which is just something that we don't believe in. You know, consumers are the ones that have to wear the responsibility of the economy in bad times um, and don't necessarily always get the, the benefit of the good times. So you are open for a buyout by the bank or not? As I said, it's about being adaptive. You need to understand and have a look at all options. It's about making a deal that's right for one, your staff, oh. your team, the investors, and also your customers. Um, that's so we, we wouldn't look at a full buyout, that's for sure. Okay, finally. Young, right. young yeah, finally, final question, okay? So for a startup, right, if somebody takes your loan like, and then they default, so what yep. do startups do to get their money back? Yeah, so for us, the way that we've got our funding process in place, we have a custom service team who would look at handling any inquiries for customers that enter hardship, which will happen over the next 12 months. Right now, we have zero delinquency or arrears across our loan book with our customer base, which I think speaks volumes to our you know, quite stringent product and, and policy process. Um, but also, you know, it just really talks to, to the fact that we think that our customers appreciate what we're doing, particularly in the uh, the purpose-led space. Awesome. All righty. And that is all the time that we have today. We are, we have just been speaking to Brody Hop from Wealth. Thank you so much, Brody, for joining us today. Thank you so much, June. Appreciate your time. Thank you. And the pleasure is all ours. Be sure to join us the next time as we aim to deliver another interview from an awesome entrepreneur across Australia. Thank you. Thanks, June. Bye. Bye.